Looking to save your hard-earned cash? Fed up with the forever rising cost of everyday living and want to know ways of making the most of your money? Then this is the podcast series for you. Get expert advice from financial and consumer journalist Lindsay Cook, along with broadcaster Glenn Thompson. Welcome to the Mrs. Mean Money Show. Yes, and hello again. Thanks for joining us on the Mrs. Mean Money Show podcast series. It's all about saving your hard-earned cash. Lots of ideas, inspiration uh, in our back catalogue. So do trawl back through and see what we've done. And uh, today it's episode... What episode are we on today? Episode 69. Gosh, they're mounting up. Mrs. Mean's back in the studio looking meaner than ever. How are you, Mrs. Mean? Mrs. Mean is Lindsay Cook, by the way. And uh, you've got that mean look today about you. Well, I hope I always have it because you have to be on your toes to make sure nobody rips you off. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about saving money on our series. Some great download figures. And uh, do tell your friends, tell your family all about the Mrs. Mean Money Show podcast series. Today, all about students' living costs. Yes, most of the students uh, leaving school this summer who want to go to uni have already made applications to the University of Choice. It's all well and good making those applications. Hopefully, you'll get to where you want to get. But there's lots of other things to think about as well as where you're going to end end up things like living costs and you know how much is it going to cost me to be a student it's not a cheap option is it uh, mrs mean no it isn't and for all new english students working how you will afford the three or four year course is almost as important as getting the right a-level results this summer students are working hard at the moment but almost before you see your exam papers you really have to work out how you're going to be afford to go to university because the costs are mounting and the help you get is reducing. So you really need to work out your budget now in the spring so that at least you feel a little bit confident as you sit down to do the actual papers. Now, a lot of folks listening to the series will have said and probably noticed, well, you've done a student podcast before. Why do another one? What's the reason, Mrs. Mean? Well, it's because we've had two years of high inflation and yet two years running. Last year, maintenance loans increased by 2.8%. This year, they've increased by 2.5%. And the amount that parents have to pay in has increased because since I think it was 2008, the government has used 25,000 as the threshold for parents to start paying towards their students. Now, a household income of 25,000 for two people working is not that high. So it means most parents who have got youngsters going to university this year have to budget as well for helping with the funds because they won't get a full maintenance loan unless their parents have an income, joint income of lower than 25,000. So the money is really important Mm. and lots of students are, well, many are deciding to choose a university within travelling distance each day from home. Others are deciding that they've got to take on a job and some are taking on two or even three jobs because, you know, if you're working in a supermarket at a weekend or in a bar at a weekend, you probably only get one shift. So you have to have another employer to fill in other hours. And unfortunately, some say this damages their um, scholarship or their their learning while they're at university. So it's a bit of a crisis point at the moment. Working late hours. I remember when I was uh, lecturing in broadcast journalism at a university in Surrey, uh, Mrs Mean, and very often the students would come in the following morning after working late at night uh, in bars and restaurants, like you say, looking so bleary-eyed. Getting them to focus on their work was nigh on impossible. So, you know, it's it's a balancing act, isn't it? It really is. Lots to get through today then on student 
Foods. Costs, living costs. We'll be looking at the following areas, of course. Um, government help with living costs. Parental contributions. Average student income. The living at home idea that uh, Lindsay was talking about. Student jobs. Hardship funds. Dependent students. Paying back the loans and student loan companies. Uh, so let's kick it off then, Mrs Mean, with a look at government help with those living costs. How much can the government contribute towards this? Well, the maintenance loan, the maximum you can get is £13,348 for a student living away from home in London. Now, 13348 sounds quite reasonable, but it barely covers the cost of their rent. And then they've got to find food, travel, books, all other costs. Outside London, the maximum is 10227 And if you live in the family home, the maximum is 8610 You can see why that family home looks a, a good deal, because you're not paying... Well, most people won't be paying their parents' rent, and they may not be paying them much for food either. So it means that the family continues to support their children, as they have done through their A-levels, and so the household can continue pretty much as normal. But it's not only the fact that the maintenance loan doesn't keep up with inflation. They don't get the full amount, because the amount they receive depends on the income of their parents, the joint income. Parents are expected to make up the amount between what the maintenance loan they get and how much it's reduced by, that's not spelled out to the parents. They're not sent a letter saying, little Johnny's going to uh, Warwick University and you're expected to pay £2,000 in his first year. It's left to the student to say to their parents, oh, I'm only getting 3000 on a maintenance loan. I was expected to get about 10000 Can you give me the 7000 And a mm. lot of parents are struggling at the moment you know, the cost of means tested. If parents earn 60000 they're expected to find 15600 over the three years of the course to help their children to live at university. And even then, the budget is going to be tight. So this is one of the reasons why I'm saying parents and children going to university this September, October, they need to be having conversations as spring starts on how they're going to do it. Are they starting saving? Is there some some way they can do that? Have they got the time to do a one-day-a-week job to build up their savings? A lot of people haven't really budgeted when they live with their parents. Have they worked out how to budget? Do they know what are the cheap meals to cook? Do they know that you can get a meal without having to get a takeaway? I'm being facetious there. But early preparation is yeah. how to live cheaply. Taking laundry home to mum probably helps a little bit. But overall, it is planning early because... Most parents don't have a spare 15600 sitting around to pay for their child at university. Lots of parents will still have a mortgage. You know, they've had mortgage rates going up. Energy bills are up. The loans are not enough to cover the rent, never mind other costs. And so parents, if they know the detail, mm. and some kids won't even give them the detail, they won't even worry about the money until they start having to pay out money and say, oh my goodness, even with a student rail card, it cost me £72 to get home or whatever it is. So it's plan early. Yeah. I mean, there are all sorts of complications as well. Plan early because if your parents are separated or divorced, the person who doesn't live with the family anymore isn't on the hook for the, the mm. money. But if there's a new partner in the house, they may be expected to pay for the living costs of the child who is not their child. It's, it's a really complex area, isn't it? Yeah, it's a complex it area. Is. And it's not spelled out to parents 
how much they're expected to to pay. The um, loan amount, family income, as I say, if you've got more than 25,000 a year, you start contributing. That amount, 25,000 a year, has been frozen since 2008. And inflation since then is up 36%. So it really is putting pressure. And um, the average student income is pretty low. The Save the Student campaign reckons that the average maintenance loan that students get is 5,952. Now, that is really quite low when their figures also show that the average weekly rent for a student in purpose-built student accommodation halls is £166 a week. Many private landlords want to be paid for 52 weeks a year. Even university accommodation will often charge for 48 weeks. And if you're paying £166 for 48 weeks, that's 7968 on your rent alone. If you're doing 52 weeks, it's 8632 In London, the average rent was £212 a week. That's for universities, private sector, £259 a week. So it's all these things. You've already applied for university. You can still change if you decide that you want to go to another one. But London universities are, unless your parents live in London, are too expensive for many people. The Complete University Guide reckons that in addition to your housing costs, there's an additional £104 a week or around £5,000 a year that you need for food, etc. Now, again, if you're in halls, you don't have energy bills. If you're in private accommodation, you have energy bills to think about as well. One lucky thing is you don't pay council tax as a student. So that is about the only good thing at the moment for um, students. So it's a bit of a plus, isn't it, really? All right. Thanks for that, Mrs Mean. Uh, You're listening to the Mrs Mean Money Show podcast. Student living cost is what we're looking at today. Still to come, living at home, student jobs, hardship funds, dependent students paying back those loans, and a student loan company. But uh, living at home, you highlighted it just now, Mrs Mean. If you've got a university nearby, it's going to be a cheaper option, isn't it? Are you driven by a desire to create change? Dive into From Passion to Purpose, where we unlock the stories of nonprofit trailblazers. Get inspired as leaders share invaluable tips and transformative tales that empower you to make a lasting impact in your community. Tune in and ignite your passion into purpose today. It is. And obviously, a student wants to choose the right course, the best university for the subject they want to study, but it is a consideration. Or it may be that you have a relative who lives near a university that has the ideal course. It doesn't have to be expensive student accommodation. And thinking about it early, you might be able to get it sorted out early on. University College London reckons that 34% of A-level students are planning to live at home because they just can't afford to do it any other way. And when you think average rent for a student room in London is £1,000 a month, how can they afford to do anything Mm. else? So, yes, living at home is the option, but there is another option that might help, and that is if your youngster really does need to go to, you know, you live out in the wild or your local university doesn't do a medical course or whatever it is that they need, parents who don't have cash, spare cash, and their child is going to university, may be able to use the rent-a-room scheme. So as your youngster vacates their bedroom 
taking the posters off the wall, mm. I hope. You could actually rent their room out for 7500 a year free of tax. So you could find 7500 to help for their cost of their university and provide a home for somebody who needs one in the area. It's just a thought. It is a way of bridging that gap because I can't think of anybody I know who has a spare 7500 a year <laughs> for their living costs at the moment. Maybe wages all rise, but overall, it's trying to make things work. It's not a cheap uh, option being a university student, but, you know, it's a great social life and it's great to have that uh, that degree at the end of it if you're lucky to pass through. But uh, as we've mentioned and highlighted here, it's a costly job actually being a student. Uh, a lot of students have got jobs, Mrs Mean, we mentioned that at the beginning, but um, they've got paid jobs alongside their studies. That's according to an annual survey. Yeah, and this suggests that 55% of students are now doing paid work. That's up from 45% 12 months ago. A lot of students don't want to do it because it depends how intense their course is. I mean, some courses are less intense than others. But overall, the Higher Education Policy Institute reckons that more and more students are taking on jobs. They reckon the average number of hours worked is 13.5 hours a week. And when you think on top of that, you've got the travel to and from the firm. But again, it's worth looking at where the jobs are in the university town you're going to, contacting people early and saying, I'll be coming. What jobs have you got? Building up your skills locally. If you want to be a waiter or a bar staff, try it out locally while you're doing your A-levels, and then you may well find you get a job more easily because you've got experience. If you arrive in town with no experience, it's going to be more difficult to Mm. get a job. In the survey of 10,000 students, 76% said the cost of living had had a negative effect on their studies. That's because they've had to take on work or because they've been worrying about costs. Many students have more than one job. As I said earlier, it's because Getting 13 and a half hours work from one company as a student is probably quite difficult because they have rosters, etc. And they probably want everybody on Friday and Saturday night or everybody in the supermarket on Saturdays. And there's only one Saturday a week. So it's these things that make it more difficult. But there are hardship funds and the government has encouraged universities to increase the amount in their hardship funds. Last year, there was £276 available in um, hardship funds across the 140 universities. But again, you need to do your research. One other thing that universities are doing now is they're providing subsidised and free food on campus before you get there. Mm. Work out, find out what's available. They have food banks at some universities for students. Find out about them. Don't be shy about them so that you start and you're not eating into your budget on day one because, you know, university isn't a holiday, but you know, when you go on holiday, you always spend about 10 times as much on day one as you do in the rest of the holiday. And getting to university, you'll spend more on your first couple of days if you haven't planned it out properly, if you haven't taken a load of food from home, for example. But it's these sort of things that need to be planned now. Now, there are hardship funds. They're often called access to learning funds. But before you can apply for them, the university expects you to check out whether you can get a bursary or grant or a scholarship from other means. And if you are going into a particular type of work, there may be bursaries available for you to pay for part of your studying. They will expect you to work for the company or the industry when you finish your studies, but if it gets you through university, it might be an option. Hardship funds, they're available at most universities. You've got to have checked if there's other money for you, but 
the hardship funds don't normally have to be repaid. They're reserved for people in the worst financial situation, and it must be stuff that is unexpected. If you decided to have a penthouse flat and you can't afford the rent, that is not unexpected. It's got to be something that's not your own fault. Mm. So something has been more expensive. Could be that you've lost the job that you were relying on, but it's got to be not your fault could be your parent has lost income and you need help instantly. It may be that their contribution is reduced, but Mm. you need help straight away. You've got to be blameless. You must be an undergraduate. You must have applied for the maximum maintenance loan and you must be unable to cover essential living costs. Most of the payments they give are one-off and shorter and there's no rules. It could be £100 that you're given or it could be thousands of pounds. It really depends on how good your story is, how much money that hardship fund has and it takes them usually about a week to pay some money. Most universities gift the money, but some will expect it to be paid back, so you need to find out what the terms and conditions are. Uh, Worth pointing out as well, Mrs Mean, that uh, if you just want to type into Google or your search engine of choice, Student Hardship Fund, the gov.uk site comes up at the top of the list, talks all about university and college hardship funds, so that's uh, well worth taking a look at as well, if you can. Okay, thanks for that, Mrs. Means. So let's talk about uh, dependent students right now. And most students who are under 25 have to show that they have no relationship or contact with their parents in order to win a full maintenance allowance. This is an interesting one. It is. If you're dependent and under 25, the parents are expected to pay. If you can say, I haven't spoken to my parents for three years, I've been working, fully supporting myself, then they are not called on to pay any money. Those over 25 are automatically regarded as being independent, so they get a maintenance loan based on their income Mm. or if they're married or living with somebody on their joint income. But until you're 25, you've got to prove you've got no relationship. That doesn't mean you've had a row with your mother last week and you say, I'm not going (laughs) to speak to you ever again. That doesn't count as the relationship is broken down. Mm. And sometimes it can be all sorts of things. And also there will be side cases where... You have no living parent or there's no living parent in this country. So it's a matter of just finding out early on what you might get and what you might not get. But if you've got a wealthy partner, they will be expected to help fund your living costs. So they have to think about that before they move in. Okay, good advice on that one, Mrs. Mead. What about paying back those lengthy loans? I mean, those uh, huge loans that you do get for being a university student. And there's a, a lot of payback here, isn't there? There is a lot of payback and it goes on for 30 to 40 years, but it's not instant. It's not like stacking up your credit card and then at the end of term, you've got to pay it back. You don't start paying back your tuition fees or your maintenance loans until the April after you've graduated Mm. or finished your studies. Then you can start paying, but you've got to have an income of over 27,000. And if that's the case, you start paying back at 9% of income over 27,000. The more you earn, the more you pay back, obviously. If you only earn 27,295, the interest rate is just the RPI. If you earn more, it's RPI plus 3%. These figures change every year, but you will start paying back. They've changed it so that you will pay back over 40 years, and that really is a long time. It's not on your credit records, 
But when you're applying for other loans, such as a mortgage, you will have to declare, I am paying £200 a month on my student loans or whatever, because that is part of your outgoings and, and it shows how much you've got to pay. Some people say, well, it's not really a loan because it's an RPI. And for many years, the RPI rate was very low. And so it was barely any interest accruing. Last couple of years, it's been quite dreadful. You've got to look at what you're going to be paying, but... The idea behind student loans was mm. that a student would, on average, earn a hundred thousand pounds more during their working life than somebody who hadn't gone to university, and therefore the taxpayer shouldn't pay for their education. Hundred thousand pounds, if you're racking up fifty thousand pounds of loans and then some more interest, the differential is quite tight now, and we'll probably do a reform of the whole student loan scheme to make it fairer. And as inflation rates come down. That will give the government yeah. the ability to do so. Just finally, Mrs. Mean, students, and for anybody thinking of applying for student finance in the next academic year, 24-25, it's recommended to you make your student finance application as soon as services are open. The earlier, the better, I guess. Yeah, apart from anything else, make your application early. You don't have to wait till you've got your A-level results or whatever. Mm. They won't pay until you're actually at university. So they've got the administration costs. And quite frankly, I don't think they want everybody to be applying in August because that means that student loan company oh. would not be able to deal with it all. But if you apply, then you know what you have. You also can have that delicate conversation with parents about, well, I don't know how many 18-year-olds know what their parents' income is. They have to find out what the terms are and say, mm. Ooh, do you earn more than 25000 Because you might be expected to pay some towards my student accommodation or, or whatever. So it's early conversations. Russell Group Universities reckon that the maximum loan leaves students 2000 a year worse off than they were in 2021. So it's really important. Some of the universities are actually, and it might even influence whether you um, go to one of them. As I say, they have subsidised meals, food banks, pantries in um, halls of residence so that if you're absolutely starving you can go and get some bread and maybe some marmite or maybe even nutella <laughs> those sort of things universities are making a big effort in mm. providing on-campus jobs to students whereas previously they probably got them from the local town there are many advisors in most of the universities now to tell people how they can afford their budget one of the things that um, is a problem for some students whose parents haven't got a high income if you're going to rent from a private landlord and you've got only student income and your parents don't have a big income, you don't have a guarantor. So you may find it difficult to find anywhere to rent without a guarantor. London School of Economics is acting as a guarantor to students at their university and other universities are doing this. So it's again thinking about how do I get accommodation? Do I have somebody from school who's going to the same university that we can share a flat with? Mm. Do I need a guarantor? But the fact that universities are thinking we will act as guarantors for students with us so that the landlords will take them on. It's a lot to think about. It's not just, ooh, will I get A stars? It's about, can I afford to go? I must afford to go. How can I yeah. make sure I can afford to go? There's a lot to weigh up. And again, going back to when I was... Uh, 
lecturing Mrs. Mean at a university in Surrey in broadcast journalism. Into the second year, a lot of students used to come to me and say, I'm not sure if I can afford to carry on with this. You know, it's it's costing more than we'd anticipated. So there's a lot to weigh up. So, you know, can you afford it? Most university courses, three years long, some longer, uh, some a little bit shorter. But, you know, a lot to weigh up, isn't there? There's a lot to weigh up. And I think really my end message is you can't wait until you get your A-level results. Mm. And you may think, oh, well, what if I do all that and then I fail my A-levels? Well, you've got a plan for life if you know how to budget and how to cost things. Really, you need to earn money Mm. now, not waiting until you start in university. There are jobs available. Got to be very careful that you don't do too much so that you ruin your studies. And most parents will make sure you don't. Set a budget with your parents. Now, this is a delicate thing. This probably will take two months because you don't know what they earn. They probably don't want to tell you what they earn. They probably have to think about what they can afford to cut back on. Is it a matter of cutting back on a holiday? Is it a matter of cutting back on one bottle of wine a week? What is it? Most parents who have got a child going to university, they may think, oh, it's no more expensive than Mm. having them live at home, but it will be. And so you need to look at it and... Really, you've got to decide where you're going to live. Are you going to live with your parents? Is there a relative? Is there a cheap accommodation that you can find? Some jobs provide accommodation. So if you're working in a bar at night, now you're talking about people being bleary-eyed, you've got to think about, is that going to affect my studies? You have to look at different courses, have different numbers of lectures and, and tutorial sessions. A lot of it is on your own in your room. So maybe if you're doing some courses, you can do more work. But others, if you've got lectures every day, you've got to really work out how you can make it work. And now's the time to do it and talk to people who are already there. Mm. If you've got people from your school or your friends who went to university two years ago, find out their way of saving money and what you can do. And lots of them will know where they can get free food. Oh, you go to the so-and-so society, they provide free food, even if you don't stay for the whole lecture or whatever it is. Finding how to subsidise your cost of living while you're at university. Get advice from them. Good advice from you, Mrs Mean. And uh, that is uh, today's podcast on student loans. Mrs Mean, we always look for people's questions. If they've got any questions, uh, we'd love to hear from you on any of the shows that we've done. Just trawl back through our back catalogue of podcasts on the Mrs Mean Money Show. It's all about saving money. And uh, we've got some great uh, advice for you. Been running for well over a year and a half now. So uh, go to our website, mrsmeanmoneyshow.co.uk, because occasionally we do a money clinic, what's called a money clinic. So it's basically answering your questions, a bit of a Q&A session. There's a contact the show button at the top of the page. You can get in touch via the website, mrsmeanmoneyshow.co.uk. Uh, and Mrs. Mean is more than happy to answer your questions, aren't you, Mrs. Mean? I absolutely am, yes. All right. Uh, all about saving money today. And uh, if you're a student, that is, if you've got any questions on today's show, do get in touch via the website, mrsmeanmoneyshow.co.uk. Details coming up again in just a moment. But Mrs. Mean, until the next podcast, stay incredibly mean, won't you? I will. You've been listening to the Mrs. Mean Money Show. If you have a suggestion for Mrs. Mean to get her teeth into, head over to mrsmeanmoneyshow.co.uk and get in touch via the Contact the Show button. Join us next time. And don't forget to listen to the other podcasts in this series. And be sure to hit the subscribe button. Uh-huh.